0: Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, listener Sam returns to talk about what to do with thunderstorms and hot weather at Disney World in the summer. Final episode of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash deciphered where you can receive bonus content. Or you can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using by using me as your travel agent and letting me do all the hard work for you as you plan your Disney vacation. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmission.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet at us at WWDeciphered on Twitter or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies, and Leslie is currently on leave for this week. So we brought back Sam, who was on in episode 145 sharing his experience back in 2020 revisiting the parks. Sam, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we get to our main topic, you just were recently back in June with just you and your wife this time. But uh, things were pretty different because when you went last year, it was still uh, much quieter. So tell us a little bit about how things were different this June.
1: Well, Joe, thanks for having me again. It's good to be back. It definitely was a lot different when we were there in June, as you as you mentioned. I was on previously talking about uh, my October trip, and so uh, we were back in June uh, for a trip with my wife. And it was, uh, I guess, the easiest way to put it, and the best way to summarize it, I think, was that it was just a lot more back to normal, as you know, we're seeing in a in a lot of places, and and of course, Disney World's no different. As many of you listening are probably uh, aware and following along, and so that was that was the main thing for us is that the the crowds were back it was a lot more crowded uh, i think that was one thing of course a lot more things were open which was a positive uh, that was a good thing and when we were there of course all the the mask requirements were were gone all the the distancing was pretty much gone the, the only thing at that time that was really left was some of the restaurants uh, still had some spacing but I think a lot of that was uh, mainly just due to lack of staff and I think if they had the staff they probably would have packed more people in there if they could and from that standpoint it was I guess a lot less congested looking sometimes just because you didn't have the long lines but uh, it was just meant there was you know more people packed in closely together more than than there was in the past but overall like I said I think it was it was more getting back to normal
0: now you didn't get to watch any fireworks unfortunately but those are back as well now we have you here today because- because we are going to talk a little bit about dealing with the weather, specifically the rain in the summer in Disney world. But one thing you're going to talk about, but I think is worth mentioning now because we're talking about your trip is because it was just you and your wife, you guys had a pretty good strategy to kind of minimize your wait times in lines. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, what do wait times look like? But then I remembered your Sam, you did not spend too much time waiting in line. So why don't you share with people, at least for two adults, what is the strategy that you and your wife used and how did that work for you guys?
1: Yeah, when we were there, we we still uh, the main strategy we employed was to rope drop. We kind of hit it right at that time, if you've been following along, where they were moving back to a traditional rope drop at at some of the parks. And so when we were there, Magic Kingdom hadn't switched back, so you were still getting in early there. But when we went to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, uh, we hit those on some of the first days when they were back to doing the rope drop. But it was still beneficial in that you still get ahead of those crowds for the, the first one or two rides, and so we'd do that. Then we'd hit whatever other... Kind of secondary attractions that we could uh, in the morning, then we would generally take a break, have some lunch, have a leisurely afternoon back at the hotel, and then go back to the parks in the evening and, and hit things when uh when the crowds were were lower and uh and wait times were lower too. And
0: traditional rope drop for any of you who are not sure what that means means that they Physically keep everyone behind a rope and then drop it and then everyone is going as a mad rush as opposed to just even two months ago everyone got in early but you were kind of trickling in one at a time so that actually helped with um, the crowds and the lines and stuff like that. So Sam is here. We are going to talk about how to deal with weather, specifically the summer weather at Disney World, since he was just there in the summer. Now, full disclosure, Sam and I both realized that The Diz, their show Off the Rails, which is, as an aside, my favorite show on The Diz, they did an entire episode about dealing with weather at Disney World. I did not see that episode title until I talked to Sam about doing this. So Sam and I agreed we did not listen to that episode and so we are coming in clean. I'm actually, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to put that as the first episode podcast episode that I listened to after we're done recording. But Sam, remind me, did you know that they had done that when I had suggested it and you just kind of left me hanging out there and set <laughs> me up for this fail right here?
1: Well, I was not trying to set you up, but it, it's funny enough, yeah, you, uh, I went back and looked at our, our message stream and sure enough, you had messaged me about this idea uh, in an a- one afternoon and it was uh, not like four or five hours later that day that I saw that that was the episode title and I just thought, oh no, I don't want to spoil Joe's uh, great idea, so I'll just... I'll I'll just uh, not listen to the episode myself, so I haven't listened to it either. Uh, It's still sitting there in my podcast feed and uh, try to go in fresh.
0: All right, so let's go in fresh. So in general, since it's the summer, Sam, describe what can people expect from florida summer weather i assume most people know but just a quick review you know what is it like in the summer
1: yeah if you haven't been to florida in the summer you can pretty much expect humidity lots of it rain and heat you're going to hit those pretty much every day and so so there's just no getting around it when you're in the tropics and and down there in the swamp Uh, that's that's just gonna be part of it
0: yeah so pretty much it's gonna be hot from dusk till dawn but also you can expect a thunderstorm every single afternoon And that's kind of on a quote unquote good day because, you know, you're going to have days maybe where you have thunderstorms all day. Although if you can deal with the thunderstorms, it is actually one of the best times to go to the parks, especially like the hour after, especially later in the day. Let's talk about just in terms of your general planning, like let's just talk about your bag. Like what do you pack in your bag for a summer day at Disney World, knowing that at some point you're probably going to get caught in the rain?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple things, and, and one thing that maybe not everyone thinks about, but it's a little tip I picked up. I don't even know where I picked it up, but we always bring a stack of newspapers. That's one thing we pack in particular for the summertime, and and that's for wet shoes. So you get caught in a thunderstorm, downpour, your shoes get wet. Uh, once you get back to the hotel, you stuff those uh, full of newspapers, and that, those newspapers then help to soak up the water. Key being there, then, that you're going to, hopefully, if you've brought an extra pair of shoes that you can wear in the meantime. Uh, so that's one uh, thing to make sure that we pack is that you bring an extra pair of shoes uh, while uh, the wet ones are, are, are getting soaked up and dried by the newspapers. I typically bring an extra pair of gym shoes just because I like to walk in those, but a lot of people uh, will, will bring some sandals, especially for the uh, the summer months because uh, they're easier to, to deal with in the rain. Certainly easier to dry out that way. The other thing you might want to make sure you bring is extra socks because sometimes your shoes aren't wet uh, enough or you know they're kind of dried out, but it's always good to change out the socks to not walking around in wet feet, so to speak
0: so are you bringing these extra shoes in your actual bag generally i throw a pair of sandals into my bag, but they take up less space. So are you still par- bringing an extra bulky pair of sneakers in the bag?
1: I guess I, yeah, I should have clarified. I'm bringing that in the, I guess my luggage, but I, I'm not typically bringing that to the park. If I was planning a, a full park day, just because we typically always end up having a break in the middle of the day, I maybe might bring those uh, in the car just because also again, we, we drive. And so if you're driving into the park. It's it's easy to have those back in the car and then you're not bringing them in your bag, but you've got them, I guess, nearby in case you would need, need
0: them. And then What's your experience? I'm trying to remember my experience, but I know you were there last summer with the kids. Do you have like a stroller cover? Do you bring extra stuff for the kids? Do you bring at least, you know, kids shoes take up a lot less space. So, you know, maybe it's easier to throw an extra pair of kids shoes in there.
1: Our kids are still stroller age. So it, it is definitely easier to bring a few more things for them. They can throw those in the bottom of the stroller or, or put those in the bag. And yeah, a good rain cover for your stroller, I think is is key. We, we always did that. I think when you have one and, and you've got the rain cover and the kids are sitting in there dry or you know the stroller is sitting dry it's always better than the people you see that uh, have got makeshift plastic bags draped over their stroller or something like that because they they kind of forgot that item and so you're patting yourself on the back when you see that and, and you've got your your nice rain cover for your stroller and so we invested in one that, that fits our stroller well and we've we've taken it back to the parks with us you know every time we've gone with the kids and it's certainly good because it, it keeps them dry and uh, the drier they are the happier they are. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think the big thing with the rain cover for strollers is especially when you go to like an indoor attraction and you just kind of like never know. So you want to leave your stroller covered so that when you come out, it's like even worse. If you come out, (laughs) the rain has already passed through, but your stroller is soaked and you got to put your kid in it.
1: Yeah, that's the key. By the time the afternoon comes around, you just got to have that stroller cover on and and ready to throw it over whenever you park it and, and go into the indoor attraction.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the stroller rental places like Orlando Stroller Renters or King Kingdom Strollers, you can also rent stroller covers with them as well. So uh, I think that's a good thing to do in the summer. Now, in terms of fighting the rain, umbrellas, ponchos, a little bit of both, you know, how do you generally handle kind of the gear that you need to deal with the rain? Especially because it's like so hot, right? You don't want to really bring a rain jacket.
1: Yeah, during the summer, I think all of the above. Uh, we we do bring the ponchos and the and the umbrellas, both. I, I like to have both kind of modes of action. Uh, generally, we always have a, a small umbrella and especially if we've got the kids in the stroller, we'll we'll often take a, a second larger umbrella that we can throw underneath. But I, I find that the umbrella uh, works well in a, in a smaller rain that's not as heavy, just because it, you're getting wet, but you're not getting wet enough that you really want to go through the hassle of getting out the poncho, and so the umbrella works well in those situations. But then obviously there's other situations where the rain's just coming down hard, and the poncho uh, just works best to keep everyone dry, uh, especially when it's when it's windy and the you know the rain's coming sideways then it kind of overpowers the umbrella so for us we we bring both uh, just depending on what what the specific situation is and the other thing that i often will do in the summertime is, is throw on a hat just because i wear glasses and so especially when it's raining it kind of helps keep your glasses a little drier and keep the rain out of your face
0: yeah until they invent uh windshield wipers for our glasses you know it's uh, good to have that now here's the question that I was uh, curious about what kind of stock do you put in the weather forecast? Now, I bring this up because I can't remember if it was my April trip or my May trip, but at least like a couple of days in advance, I was just stressed out because it looked like it was going to rain like every single day of our trip. Of course, Florida, even more so than other places, I would say that long term forecast forecast you know, like especially a week in advance, but even a few days in advance, I would say I don't really rely on it. Now, in terms of your day-to-day forecast, like do you even bother checking the forecast on a summer day or you just kind of know it's going to rain no matter
1: what? My typical mode of action is I'll I'll typically check the climate prediction center before our trip, that along with the the hurricane center, just to kind of make sure that there's nothing unexpected. Obviously, I live here in the Midwest. And so, you know, I'm not always keeping up on my my hurricanes and that type of thing. You never want to be surprised if there's one of those coming. And just because they can kind of forecast those things so many weeks to days out. So it's it's good to check on that. But then the prediction center will kind of just, it'll tell you if there's a, an above average chance or below average chance of rain and heat. And so that's about all I look at kind of going into the trip, just because I, I like you, don't think that uh, I put a lot of stock in, you know, the percentage that it's going to rain each day or this and that when it's uh, several days out. What I will do while I'm there is, you know, Pull up whichever uh, you know weather app you find uh, useful at home. It'll you know work just as good in Florida. And I'll typically only put stock in it basically the morning of. And so I I figure it's fairly good for about twelve hours. Um, and so you know if it if it looks like it's gonna be particularly rainy in the early afternoon or later afternoon, then we might plan our day a little bit around that. Or you know what the other thing we'll look at is you know if we're getting ready to head out to do something specific where the rain might damper things, then we'll 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 check it to see. Uh, for an hour or two out because generally it's somewhat accurate in, in that sense when it you know, will tell you if it's going to rain uh, soon. But looking at the weather multiple days out, yeah, I agree. It It's going to say that it's going to have a chance of rain and it's going to be hot and, and whether that's going to materialize or not, it, it's hard to predict several days out.
0: I do think in other seasons besides the summer, you know, checking that day to day weather is a lot more useful. But yeah, I just in the summer, if it doesn't rain on a given day, that's a surprise. So that's why uh, we're here talking about what to do about the rain now. So going back to your touring strategy, like you said, um, you like to rope drop. And then take a break in the afternoon. How do you find that generally works out with the weather? I think I f- it feels like the storms generally come in between like two and five. What What time frame are you really trying to avoid being in the parks?
1: Yeah, our experience has been the same, Joe. That in Florida, when you're gonna have the most most chance for rain is is that afternoon, early evening timeframe. And so we typically try to plan our days, assuming that uh, the the highest chance of rains that day. Now, of course, you'll get into days where it's like you mentioned before, there's just rain all day, and there's nothing you can do about it. But if if it's a typical day where it's not raining all day, the likeliest chance of rain is gonna be in that afternoon. And so we we kind of try to plan our days that way. And so by doing the rope drop, like we talked about. Uh, that gets you into the parks in the morning and then typically take a break in the afternoon. And if, if we're lucky enough, uh, while we're taking our break, that'll be when, when it rains. And so if, if that's the case, then, uh, then we've successfully beat the rain for that day, you know, hopefully. And we'll use that time back at the resort to, nap, obviously that's always a, a good option. Not something that I do, but you know, there's the arcade there, pool time, obviously if it's raining, uh, you can still get in the pool as long as it's not lightning, but, uh, or they'll obviously shut that down. And the other thing I found too, and especially if you've got kids, and I don't know if this is only a deluxe resort or DVC thing, but we saw it at the beach club when we were staying there, and then also we happened to be walking through the Grand Floridian one afternoon and they had it going on too, but they've got like midday crafts for like the kids and such, and so that's, that's something that I guess you can take advantage of, and I suppose that's something that probably if you, even if you're not staying there and you just took transportation over and there, someone's offering that, that uh, you could still take advantage of that too. And it was like for a, a small charge, I want to say it was like 10 bucks or something like that for whatever craft supplies they were doing that day. But anyways, that, that's been our our goal is to spend some uh, leisure time back at the resort in the afternoon to avoid the rain shower and then typically head back to the parks in the evening, hopefully after those showers have passed through.
0: Now, if you get caught out actually in a storm at the parks, you know, do you try... Do you duck into a show do you just try to wait it out in general how do you do it, i feel like in my experience the shows get a little bit more crowded but actually they don't get super crowded just because people aren't willing to walk from wherever they are to get to a certain show but the problem there is that uh you can't go through up and vision 3d like seven, i mean i could but going through it seven times in a row to wait out the storms it might be a bit too much so what do you generally do when you actually caught out in the rain at the parks
1: yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. It kind of depends on where you're at. If you're if you're close by shows, that's typically what what we'll try to do is to hit a couple of those, or try to hit you know a couple rides that are in a same general vicinity that you know kind of minimize the walking outside. Other people are gonna have the same idea, but you know if you've got a rainy afternoon, kind of planning your shows for that time. And The other thing you can do is when you're you know, if you're one of those people that, uh, you know, plan out a touring plan or something like that is to to save those shows and, and uh, longer indoor attractions for that time of day. So that way, if it does start raining, it's not something you've already done and, and you're not having to do it multiple times, maybe and you can can save it for, for when it might be raining uh, or the highest chance of rain, so to speak.
0: Now, one thing that I really like that you said is you often will sneak into table service earlier for dinner to kind of avoid that time to hopefully, you know, have less rain at night. So how's that generally worked out for you?
1: Yeah, it's worked out well. Obviously, if you're rope dropping, you're typically getting up early. And so oftentimes having an earlier lunch, you know, for us, sometimes even just a, a light snack or something like that. And then we'll we'll do a table service uh, meal in the early afternoon. So in that 4.30 to 5.30 range, and that's a time when it, it can still be raining. So then if you're using that time to, to eat your meal, uh, then by the time you get out of there, then hopefully you've avoided some of the weather on some of your park days and you can get back to the parks after that.
0: All right. So then the next thing is how does the weather affect kind of transportation? Now, I still am traumatized. I was once caught outside Hollywood Studios in a raging storm and my Uber or Lyft, I can't remember which it was, could not find me. I, had to, I was going to the airport, so I had to buy new shoes at the airport. I think that was back when Magical Express was... Taking my luggage, so I didn't have my luggage, thankfully, but yeah, I was soaked. So, how in general have you found that weather affects transportation? What are some tips to kind of avoid being uh, severely affected?
1: Yeah. One of the things that we always think about, especially the last couple of times we've been, we've been staying around that Crescent Lake area. And so obviously the Skyliner is right there and the weather affects the Skyliner a lot. And so anytime there's lightning, you know, I want to say it's like a six or 10 mile radius, something like that. It's it's the same rule. I think whatever they use to shut down some of the outdoor rides, if there's lightning in the area, the the Skyliner gets shut down in that sense too. Uh, But then it can also get shut down for heavy winds too. And so uh, that was something when we were there, uh, we would kind of always think about if we were in the evening. Like, for example, one time we were thinking, okay, let's head over to the Riviera to grab a, a bite to eat over there. Well, definitely wanted to check the, that weather app uh, before then to make sure that we weren't going to get caught in a storm uh, and then kind of get stranded over there and not be able to take the Skyliner back. And especially if you're staying at one of the Skyliner resorts, that's something to think about too. Um, if you're planning to use that as your main mode of transportation, and I you know, I think, you know, especially from Caribbean Beach and like Pop, in um, those places, uh, you know, to get over to Hollywood Studios, I think that if I remember correctly, the Skyliner is your only option, uh, unless, of course, there's bad weather and then you have to use buses. And so that's, I guess, just one thing that maybe people don't always think about, but something to keep in the back of your mind is if you're going to be uh, traveling on the Skyliner or, or going to be using that for transportation, that you could get stuck having to use a bus if, if they shut it down. Um, and we even had some friends there that were there a week or so after us in June, and they were actually staying at the Riviera and had some, some experience with this where the Riviera, where the Riviera Skyliner went down and they were trying to get to epcot and so they actually had to they put them on a bus over to the boardwalk and then they had to take the boat over to epcot and so it's uh when the skyliner goes down you've got more time wrapped up in transportation than you would otherwise if, it, if it's storming at that time yeah i feel like as an aside the more i think
0: about the riviera the more i feel like it's one of the most problematic deluxes just because with deluxes the advantage is not only it being nicer but also transportation and i feel like the riviera because of the skyliner like that is the transportation option it really um does not justify riviera is like one of the more expensive deluxes and i don't feel like it justifies it at least in the summer because if you have to worry about not being able to take the skyliner you gotta go on a bus like it really changes everything
1: and then that's exactly what our friends said um, they were doing a split stay and so they were staying there for i don't know it was like two or three nights and then they were heading over to i think one of the crescent lake uh, resorts and that was the first time they'd stayed at the river year and they were lo- they were really looking forward to it and they had a really good time there uh, but that was their exact thoughts afterwards was that they said you know, if they ever went back they would want it to be more of a resort centric stay just because the skylander did kind of hamper their transportation options uh, several times during even just the two or three days they were there
0: All right. So the last tip about dealing with weather is coming from me. This is something that I realized that uh, I haven't done in the past, but I think it's something that needs to happen. And that is if you're flying, book earlier flights home during the summer to avoid delays, and actually, I guess this also goes for me in the winter, but not because of thunderstorms, because of snow in Boston, where I'm traveling to. Uh, in general, when you book an earlier flight, if there are delays during the day for any weather anywhere in the country, flights are going to back up. So if you're gonna if you're taking those four, five, six p.m. flights, you know there's a chance you might not leave until super late. And in Florida, especially if it's thunderstorming at four, five, or six, you're just going to be stuck at the airport, and you don't really want that to happen. So my last tip uh, in terms of weather is to just book those. Early Earlier flights home i know you want to spend a little bit extra time at disney world but if you book those life flights you might end up spending more time uh, at mco than at disney world which is not what uh, anybody wants
1: yeah and i want to say i i can't remember because when we were actually flying back we uh we didn't heed this advice and so we had booked a, an afternoon flight at like four o'clock and i had checked that uh, same flight and same route the day before and ended up with a five-hour delay, so we were really sweating it uh, when we were coming home. We only ended up with an hour delay, so I, I was, I guess I was happy with that. But I looked up a statistic at that time, and I think it was something like 70 or 80% of airport delays uh, happen after like 11 a.m. or something like that. I guess the numbers further show that uh, you're better off with the, the earlier morning flight there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love taking afternoon flights, but at least in the summer, I think it's something that uh, you need to think about. You know, are you willing to get stuck at MCO? I mean, it's not it's not the airport
1: to get stuck at. I'd much rather be uh, be in the parks than than stuck at the airport.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other uh, tips before we get to Disney do's or don'ts uh, that you can think of?
1: I think we've covered a lot of it there that uh, hopefully if you kind of follow these tips, then you'll be drier and uh, and stay more dry than wet uh, during your summer Disney trip definitely
0: so yeah let's get to our disney do or don't what do you have for us sam a weather related disney do or don't
1: i think my disney do is uh don't forget about the resort laundry in a pinch Um, so sometimes it Things are unavoidable. Clothes get wet, things like that. We use the the resort laundry when we are there. It's uh, $3 for a wash and and $3 for a dry. And I believe that there's a resort laundry in every resort. Uh, Most resorts actually have multiple. And they've actually got this pretty cool online interface uh, through laundryview.com, which is not exclusive to Walt Disney World. Uh, I think a lot of places... uh, use this to have uh, communal laundry centers. At Disney World, most of the laundries are, are located near the pool. So if you do have to use it, you can at least uh, spend the time while you're waiting there to, to swim. Um, and then if you've signed up for the uh, the notifications on the interactive I- interface, it'll let you know with a, a text message once your, your laundry's done and you can go about your day. And can you pay for it on that website as well, so you don't need to like worry about quarters or? You don't pay for it on the website. I think almost all the machines, at least all the ones we encountered there, they do take a debit or credit card, so you don't have to worry about quarters from that sense. Um, and then once you once you've paid in the the area there, then you just go to this website, sign up, and tell them that uh, you've got you know machine eight or nine or whatever it is, and they'll notify you when when your laundry's done washing or drying, whichever it is.
0: I mean, that's great. No more are the days where people take your laundry out and leave it on the side because you forgot to get it. So, uh, you know, that's good. I've definitely and especially because the dryers don't always dry in one cycle. So um, right. that's good. All right. Well, Sam, thank you so much uh, for coming on again. Everyone who is listening, if you have weather tips, please let us know. Disney Deciphered at gmail.com at WW on Twitter or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Sam, thank you for coming on. It's always great to talk to you about Disney World and really appreciate these weather tips. Hopefully, like you said, they'll help to keep you dry.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. All
0: right. Take care, everyone.